This is Power and Consequence. Welcome back to Power and Consequence, a podcast about liars, grifters, demagogues, and opportunists who stand to push all of us closer to civil war while trying to amass wealth and power. Uh, let's start out by introducing the team for today. Uh, I'm Matt, and joining me again is Jelani. Hey, hey, hey. Lo- I'm loving that new mic, by the way. That came in really well. Thank you. And uh, joining us again after a short absence is one of the originals of the PC pod, Anna. What's going on, Anna? Hi, it is October, and therefore I have risen from the dead. (laughs) How how, are we all doing? I know we were having some technical difficulties that put some of us in a bad mood, but uh, we're going to power through this. I'm good. I just got finished playing ball, so... Uh, hopefully I'm not too drained. And just as a warning, uh, I'm going to be very good with my mute, but I am going to be eating dinner. It's too hot for me to eat right now anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) just letting you know that we're keeping it real right now. (laughs) I like it. I like it. I will, I will be, I will be drinking, um, as I am prone to do sometimes when I do this, but, uh, it's all right. It's not angry drinking. Oh, there it is. Got a white claw. (laughs) Hell yeah. Tangerine for the win. Tangerine white claw. I like it. I like it. Got myself a nice, uh, nice American whiskey, uh, courtesy of Anna. And uh, Anna, it looks like you're sticking to some uh, agua fria over there, huh? I have not been adequately hydrating today, so this is your friendly reminder to stay hydrated. I like it. I like it. Whenever you're facing down uh, an emerging fascist threat in your country, make sure you stay hydrated. So. With that, uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, just real quick, if y'all like the show, please follow us on Twitter at ConsequencePod. Uh, leave a nice review wherever you get your podcasts, and maybe share a link to this episode with someone who you think might get a kick out of it. So, uh, listeners might be a little confused because we promised the conclusion to our look into Christian nationalism in the United States. That topic, as it turns out, is really complicated, so... I want to make sure we get it right, so I will bring that one to y'all next week, um, which kind of put us in a bit of a bind. So I thought, you know, let's have a little fun. And what is more fun than looking at next year's GOP candidates in the great state of Arizona? Because what could go wrong there, right? It has such just a rich history these days. I, I can I, yeah, I can see why. A, a rich recent history of of fuckery yes anybody ever been to arizona I've, I've never been i just know it can get up to 130 degrees i've been uh a few times actually so i've actually driven across the entire southern portion of the united states from florida to california to palm springs california um and uh, i used to have a cousin who went to college in arizona asu and hung out there for a day or two. Um, so I've stopped there a couple times. Nice. It, it, is it true that Phoenix is like the surface of the sun? Uh, the entire southwest of America is like the surface of the sun. <laughs> Hat tip to climate change denial. So I mean, there is a, such a thing as a death valley. True. All right. So uh, Arizona. Why did I choose Arizona? Well, because of a little news that dropped a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Earlier this month, a gentleman announced that he was going to run for United States Congress in Arizona's first district against Democratic uh, incumbent Tom O'Halloran. 
And uh, that gentleman's name is Ron Watkins. Do either of you recognize the name Ron Watkins? QAnon guy. I try to not pay attention to QAnon, so no. (laughs) (laughs) But you tipped your hand. You know who he is. (laughs) I may have heard the, the, the name here and there. Uh, Anna, I, I know you know about Ron Watkins. Yes. <laughs> what, 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 do, what do you know just offhand about Ron Watkins? That at the end of that HBO QAnon series, he basically said that he was Q. He basically outed himself. And so everyone's like, I'm pretty sure that guy is Q. Y- yes, yes. Uh, among other things, it's widely suspected that him like him and his father control the Q account um that was prominent on H Chan now called H uh, uh excuse me 8 Chan which is now called 8 Kuhn um Jake I'm sorry Hammerhand say did what? a great 8 oh 8 Chan you know 8 Chan right I, I didn't know it changed name what did it change name to again 8 Kuhn no like K U N like in Japanese like like the the uh, the casual honorific you know like oh okay <laughs> yeah it went from Chan to Kuhn I, I can't deal with these clever. people. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us yeah. can't. Yeah, yeah. They rebranded because, you know, um, they kept the 8chan was like um, home to like the manifesto of the Christchurch uh, murderer and also a shitload of like pedophilia and whatnot. So they were like, oh, we'll rebrand. They're like WorldCom, you know? Well, if Facebook has taught us anything, rebranding solves all your problems. Yeah, as long as a couple of whistleblowers don't out you twice in one week to say the thing that we all knew, which is they put profits over people. So you don't say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was Zuckerberg who didn't say, and that was the problem. But that's okay. He's a he's another he's another one. Zuckerberg. Maybe we'll do the um, ooh the propaganda of Silicon Valley. That Jay, this is going to be yours. Oh, that's all you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be that'll be very interesting. No, Jay, you're going to take the wheel on that one. I, I demand it. <laughs> I feel like asking is the right place to start, but... No, 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 no. I demand. That's that's how this works. Uh, so, well, uh, I, I'm black, so I'm not as embedded as you might think. That would make you like one of our subjects today. You're an outsider, Jay. You're not part of the Silicon Valley swamp, right? Um, definitely not a part of the swamp, but uh, I won't lie. I'm I live here, so... Uh, uh, and I work in tech, so I'm definitely embedded in, in some loose way. So you're not part of the swamp, you're part of the marshes. I'm brackish water. There <laughs> you go, okay. <laughs> I like it, I like it. Bear Grylls can drink you, but only if he filters it through his shirt. <laughs> there we <right>? go. <laughs> Boom. So, uh, yeah, well, we got off track. Okay, let's get back on this. To, uh, I was yes. about to like completely go off track. I'd be like, is that guy still on the air? Yeah, no, no, that's it. <laughs> Well, you know what? That'll be that'll be PC pod after dark. We'll talk about Bear Grylls and whether he's still relevant. But right now we're going to start on Ron Watkins. And as we pointed out, yes, he is suspected of being the Q guy. Him and his father, Jim Watkins, uh, control 8chan, now 8coon. He goes by the uh, the online handle CodeMonkeyZ. I think his Twitter account is current. Yeah, his Twitter account is currently uh, suspended. And, um, yeah, yeah. Saw that one coming. So, 
Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, what else? Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, if we didn't say this outright, you know, the, the QAnon conspiracy, It I, I, you're not living on this planet if I have to explain this to you, but it is the meta-conspiracy that dictates, among other things, that the Democrats are actually a secret cabal of pedophiles who torture children so they can drink adrenochrome from their blood or something. So think like late-term Pizzagate. So this is the guy who announced he's going to be running uh, for Congress in the first district. And he announced that by posting a uh, sort of a, um, a selfie video of himself, uh, selfie video of himself, a selfie video um, to social media on October 14th. Um, and it was of himself uh, reading a prepared statement outside of Arizona Attorney General Bernovich's office. And that guy's a character, but I won't get into so him right now. So this is really recent that he yes okay so so sorry i should have led with this we're going to be checking in on a couple of candidates three candidates actually and i just want to i i I looked up stuff about them like the most recent stuff i could find that i thought was kind of relevant to their points of view which uh spoiler alert they're all batshit so starting with uh watkins and his um selfie announcement you know i was expecting something really off the walls considering you know it's ron watkins but instead after watching the video i just I kind of felt disappointed. Like, for example. This is Ron Watkins, here again outside A.G. Bernovich's office. I want to congratulate our A.G. for proceeding on election fraud cases. I also want to emphasize that we must stay vigilant and keep up the pressure, both here in Arizona and throughout the country, to indict any and all criminals who have facilitated election fraud. President Trump had his election stolen not just in Arizona, but in other states too. We must now take this fight to Washington, D.C. and vote out all the dirty Democrats who have stolen our republic. We must fix elections from inside the machine. I guess that Watkins has not hired a professional speechwriter and he doesn't have much media training. You know what I love? Huh? Fixing elections from the inside. Yeah, yeah. Little little leading comment there. Yep. And and what what could possibly be wrong with that? You know what what fallacy of logic is he putting on display here? You know, is it the fact that he's saying that the system is broken and the solution is to use the broken system to fix the sy- system that's broken? Well, see if you fix it from the inside, you make it your system. That's true. That's true. So he's Neo, basically, right? He, like, Jay, you're in tech. That's how this works, right? This is the Matrix? (laughs) Um, I don't think that's how the Matrix works. Um, (laughs) I do have a question, though. Like, What's up? He he just showed up in front of the the courthouse. Yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. Like, just like, oh, this is where I want to make my announcement. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't try to like, you know, build up a little fervor through his following on his website. Yeah. So the problem with that is like his followers, um, they, they're all Russian. The type. What? (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 they might, yeah, they might be robotic. It's true. Um, I, I, that, and I, I don't know if they, they're really the type that want to be photographed. You know, if I'm being honest, I mean, you're talking about people that are purveyors of conspiracy theories and all kinds of things on 8 Coon. So probably not around. 
That's actually a very healthy, very good point. (laughs) I'm going to push back on that because we all know, we have all seen the Trump slash Q rallies. Those people love to be noticed. Uh, Yeah, that's... Love to be noticed. There's certain ones of them Hmm. that do. Um, That's true. That's true. And then there's certain ones who like immediately consider any camera, oh, you're... If they don't know you personally, then you're the liberal media and they don't want to have any, anything to do with you. I um, still want to talk to tr- Jordan Klepper, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how they keep falling for that, I don't know. Because I don't know. he's mean, a white dude. So they that's what I was about to say. I think I know how. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they aren't tuned yeah. into that bubble and they see uh, a white guy who looks like them. And true, they give true. them the benefit of the doubt. A tall white guy. Mm-hmm. You, you see them turn on him from time to time. Occasionally, oh, yeah. he even got he even got Mike Lindell to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I, he, why Lindell thought that was a good idea? Well, Lindell's well, probably crazy, but well, that and he probably doesn't know who he is, and like that's I, true. Those people, they're very focused in their world and their bubble, and like they, I'm sure they know of Comedy Central, but they probably know of John Stewart. They probably don't even know who the host of Comedy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the late night show is now. I was, I'm oh, they know who Trevor Noah is, I'm sure. <laughs> For undisclosed yeah. reasons. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Or, uh, or um, Andre, the guy, uh, he was, he's that comedian. He was late night on Comedy Central. Um, he trolled Alex Jones at CPAC years ago. Yeah, they, they look like they wanted to kill him. But I'll I'll show you the video later. It's it's fucking crazy. I feel like crazy. I know this, got, but it's like I'm blank blanking. But yeah, yeah. Andre's got balls. He went up on that stage and trolled uh, Alex Jones in front of a CPAC crowd. He just he kept going. He told Alex Jones he wanted him to sleep with his wife. You know, shit like that. So didn't Sasha Baron Cohen do something like that too? Probably, probably. But you know what Sasha Baron Cohen didn't do, at least as far as I know. He, he didn't uh, uh, pander to the uh, stolen election crowd, you know, so what which Watkins did just now in his uh, <laughs> in his in his opening. Right. He, well, he talks about stolen his, elections. his whole platform. Yeah, he's going for that base, you know, stolen elections, but he offers no proof. Right. Also, he's he's congratulating A.G. Brnovich for, you know, pursuing criminal indictments. Um, just to be clear, there have been no formal indictments from Brnovich's office regarding anything systemic. Okay, and I doubt we're going to see any, you know, anything resulting from the Arizona audit. Um, All I could find from Brnovich's office regarding um, indictments related to voter fraud was indictments against three people voting illegally because they were convicted felons. Two were registered as Democrats, one registered as a Republican, Um, which isn't going to quite do it since, you know, Trump lost the state by about 10,500 votes, give or take. So that's pointless. Yeah, but if each dis- one of those votes are worth like half a mil, or like you know, true, those that's are where the fraud votes. really is. If it, you're you're thinking about it too small, you have you're to right. extrapolate I I- the points. Oh, you you mean like that one woman did uh, with uh, with her little canvas? She's from Arizona too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Arizona <laughs> audit. Yeah, it's it's really sad when people who don't know math try to do math. That's why I don't do it. I, I don't do math. You don't see me doing math. Yeah, I, I, I stay I, I know land. math and I don't try to do you, math. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, no. But, you know, like you can see what Watkins is doing here. Like, and it's been in the news a little bit. He's trying to, 
he's trying to distance himself from the Q conspiracy. And this is what happens, what we see anytime an agent of conspiracy theories tries to make the pivot into mainstream politics, right? And like with Marjorie Taylor Greene, like that worked for her in part because she wasn't well known and she kind of ran pretty much unopposed, you know? So, but with Watkins, he's attempting to rewrite his story in real time, right? And he's going up against a Democratic incumbent who's on his third term in office, right? Um, And if Watkins has a strategy, he's yet to reveal it. And the best he could muster during this big announcement was kind of a, basically a lame-ass nickname, which I'm sure is not going to stick, and a promise of future scandals. I have decided to expose the dirtiest Democrat in the D.C. swamp. And some of you here may already know him as Congressman Tom O'Halloran, representing Maricopa County and District 1. What's publicly known about Tom O'Hooligan shows that he is not fit to represent the people of Arizona. And from what I've already discovered and will expose, Tom is not fit to represent anyone anywhere. (laughs) That nickname was so subtle. So subtle. (laughs) Maybe it will stick. Like I thought that was I, his I, real name, and he just pronounced it wrong the first time. I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta hear that that delivery one more time. That was good. Like you know, he's not allowed to. One more time. Tom is not fit to represent anyone anywhere. Just like that, you can hear at the end he's 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 turning a page. The the paper shuffling. Very, it was very underwhelming. I was I was hoping for something big, you know, for his big announcement. I don't know. Maybe he'd try to set the building on fire, but. Nothing, nothing. Yeah, so just real quick, um, Tom O'Halloran, he's he's a left of center type. He generally votes along party lines, but he was the only Democratic Arizona holdout um, against voting to impeach Donald Trump in 2019, for example, right? The, uh, the Arizona Mirror picked up the story on September 24th where, and basically haranguing him for not getting behind it. Uh, and they cited a statement from O'Halloran's office that avoided the word impeachment and instead called for more investigations, but not impeachment proceedings. Two days later, O'Halloran declared his support for the impeachment, probably after catching all kinds of shit from his constituency. So, so yeah, I want to say there's something in the water in Arizona, but there's no water in Arizona. So <laughs> maybe <laughs> it is the scalding hot sun. Yeah, there's 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 something in the craft beer in Arizona. You know, we'll say that. <laughs> Well, I think what's interesting about Watkins is he doesn't live in Arizona. Well, he moved there recently enough anyway. He's not from there. He claims that he uh, has some vague family connection uh, in in Arizona, but he never specifies that. Um, Usually, he usually brings that up when reporters are very skeptical of his chances of winning in a state that he really doesn't have anything to do with, you know? So, oh, also, uh, the incumbent, Tom O'Halloran, in case you didn't guess from his name, he is a white man. So the usual racist dog whistles aren't going to work, you know, if he wants to like, if, you know, Watkins wants to stir up the base, you know, so that works against him too. And, uh, anyway, as for Watkins's big finish, uh, he brags that he is receiving uh, spiritual counsel from bigoted preacher, quote unquote, uh, g- who goes by the name Jeff I don't think he Jeff used Durbin. that term. No, he did. He said bigoted preacher? No, no, not bigoted. Just hold on. Okay. (laughs) After attending a recent sermon by Pastor Jeff Durbin of Apologia Church, I've come to realize that following God's word is not always the easiest route. 
but if we don't follow our beliefs and the founding principles of our nation, it will crumble. This must stop now. So Therefore, weak. I have decided to double down with God as my compass to take this fight to the swamp of Washington, D.C. I am here to formally announce my run for Congress in Arizona District Number 1. Our fight has only just begun, and I can't do it alone. I will need your support. Together, we will beat Tom Hooligan, and under God's authority, we will take back Congress, flip the Senate, and fix the presidency. Thank you, and God bless. So you can see he's going for the Christian nationalist angle here, you know? That's, that's, that's his play, I think. Uh, and, and really it's his only play because he can't take the Q route. You know, he can't, he can't just flat out say, you know, we have to stop the, he can't literally say we have to stop the Democrats from killing children. That's not going to work this time. I'm actually really interested whether or not he's going to run on name recognition because a lot of the time when you're running against an incumbent and you know, this is the guy's fourth time running, um, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, again, about his name recognition in particular, because that's what people know him as. They don't know him as religious. They don't know him as anything. They know him as the Q guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and I love how he's trying to pivot to like being like a, um, a fundamentalist Christian when him and his father host a website that hosts child porn. So I don't know how he makes peace with that one. Good, you know. But I guess he's got enough cognitive dissonance for that. I'm very interested in just his <clears throat> conviction. So it's it's always strange to me when people like this like get so into their head. And, and I brought it up uh, in the audit episode, actually. My worry is not him losing. My worry is what happens after he loses. Uh, and, you know, he might double down in his stance or... or feel that he's a an agent of his Lord and Savior and start acting out more and more. And I just, I wish there was a way to get these people some well-rounded help rather than, you know, <laughs> give them a website that they can just keep continuing uh, their ridiculousness. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's how we sell universal health care is getting help for Q people. I, I like that idea. <laughs> Mental health is a big thing that gets overlooked in this country, and you'd probably have a lot less conspiracy theorists. You know, one out of one um, insurrections in the 21st century are related to Q. So, I mean, coincidence? I think not, right? Well, American insurrections. True, 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 true. Well, um, I don't know. Were there any other insurrections in the world as directly related to Q? There's, well, not to Q, but, um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. I I understood what you meant, but yeah, like there's just been, there's been coups, there's been revolutions, there's been civil wars, like uh, all throughout the globe. So, but yeah, Yeah. for Q specifically, I think, I think you're right. Yeah. This is. Oh yeah, there was ju- there was just a a coup in Sudan. Actually, the military just overthrew the the ostensibly democratic government of Sudan, and I believe we responded. I think sanctions or we cut off uh, financial support to Sudan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there was some type of like there's already been some type of um, international blowback, um, as there should be. So, but it, you're right. It's it's the that Sudan is the latest of of many. 
So yeah, and Haiti before that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. God, you talk about a country that's just got no fucking luck. Well, I could say that, but then I'd well, be ignoring. It has the fact nothing that, to do with luck and everything to do with imperialism. Well, I was gonna it, true imperialism. I was gonna say imperialism and earthquake and earthquake oh, and flood. And, okay, but the reason yeah. why they they can't rebuild has a lot to do with uh, imperialism. Point. Point. <sighs> well, oh, and I almost forgot to mention, um, Watkins mentions that he's been uh, attending a ser- sermons by um, Jeff Durbin. So just, I don't want to spend too much time on him. Basically, Jeff Durbin of the Apologia Church located in Arizona, he's a giant misogynist. He fucking sucks. Look him up if you want to. Um, for example, in 2017, he told a British reporter during an interview that he thinks women who receive abortions should also receive the death penalty. Yeah, I've heard that so, one before. Yeah, so that's Jeff Durbin. He likes to stand outside of uh, health clinics and tell women that they're going to go to hell and stuff like that. I just don't understand how people have time for this. Who? Durbin? He, that's that's his bread and butter. He's uh, he, he makes his money on ministry. A former karate champion, Jeff Durbin. So. <laughs> Cobra Kai, I, watch it on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sorry. It's just I couldn't do that stuff. But if you're a karate champion and you're past the age of like 14, you know, I, I do you have to put that on your resume? I mean, really? It's just like I get it. You stay fit. Anyways, Durbin, yeah, he sucks. But as for uh, Watkins, you know, honestly, um, from that lackluster performance, I'm really not concerned that he's actually going to pick up any traction, if I'm being real. Um, I'm just kind of curious why Arizona is becoming ground zero for this type of nonsense. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess it has something to do with the fact that Arizona's electoral votes went to a Democrat in a presidential election for the first time since 96, you know, and you know, that 10, 10 electoral votes can make or break you. Not this time. Cause Trump got crushed, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's probably a byproduct of them allowing the audit and, yeah, them flipping as a state. It just, they've been in the news a lot. So uh, all the grifters are going to gravitate towards it. Yeah. I think yeah, it it's also kind, yeah, I think it's also kind of like just total insanity right now. And in term, and in like times of flux, that's where you see more grifters. So I think they're just drawn to, you know, chaos essentially. Now, do do you think they're drawn to chaos because you think they think they can win or because they think it's ripe for fundraising? Both. See, I don't think Ron Watkins, I think Ron Watkins thinks he can win, but I think our next one doesn't actually believe that. I think that they think that they can make some money, but I don't know. Well, time's going to tell on that one. It's early yet because, um, you know, even though Watkins is the most infamous worldwide of the far-right candidates of Arizona, he's honestly not the most worrying. Um, You all listening may remember we talked briefly about another Arizona candidate during the episode on the audit. Former TV reporter turned gubernatorial hopeful, Carrie Lake. Um, Carrie Lake is all in on conspiracy theories, huge Trump supporter. She draws all of her political capital from the fact that Trump recently endorsed her um, as a candidate for the GOP nomination for governor. Yeah, Trump's endorsement uh, doesn't mean much these days. His candidates have not been winning. They have been winning, but are they making money? Yeah, you know? that's 
That's what I was about to say. I think Matt's right on that one. They don't have to win in order to grift. Or maybe they're yeah. winning by grifting. I, the producers comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think, oh, it's springtime for Trump. I mean, maybe. You know, it, it's true, though. It's it's almost like you might wonder for a lot of these people, it's like the, the fundraising is the main point. And if they happen to get elected, well, that's just icing on the cake right there. Means I they mean, have a job. It would be. Well, it would be hilarious if it turned out that's all Trump was thinking in 2016. Honestly, that is my strong theory on the whole thing, (laughs) that he realized that it was an opportunity, like a business opportunity uh, in one of many ways. He went for it, won, and then was like, oh, shit, what do I do now? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'll hire a literal Nazi and the co-founder of Breitbart. Well, actually, um, Pence was literally broke before he became uh, Trump's running mate. And by the time they were in the White House, he was a millionaire. I'm picturing Trump in like, or I'm picturing Pence like in a disheveled pair of khakis, like as a greeter in Walmart, you know, in Scottsdale or something. Again, Arizona. Interesting. I, I don't know if he's from Arizona. No, he's Indiana. Yeah. He's what? He was the governor Indiana. of Indiana. At the time when he was broke? That's what I was about to ask. Like, how is he broke when he was in office? Well, I think office? it was like putting kids through college and like that kind of thing. Um, oh, oh, he so was he a normal American. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was a, he was a, he was a, and again, he was an, a white evangelist in politics. So he, even if he's broke, he ain't broke, you know, not, not like we would know broke. But that is kind of funny to think about if it was all just an accident. But with Carrie Lake, it's definitely not an accident because despite the fact that uh, Trump's endorsed candidates don't seem to win, Lake is currently the GOP primary front runner. Now, it is very early, right? And uh, reliable polling data is going to be really scant. I mean, the election isn't going to be for another 13 months, all right? But, you know, since the Arizona audit flop, I mean... I thought to myself, like, you know, it's possible that Lake could have pivoted to a less insane position now that she's got a viable shot at being the GOP, right, representative. Maybe she maybe she backed off. So we're going to check in, right? Um, these clips were pulled from a sort of informal on-the-street interview on October 23rd with a member of the Gateway Pundit, which is a favorite disinformation forum of people like Alex Jones. So, for context... Lake is standing on a street corner in front of maybe 30 people holding signs as they protest against workplace mandated vaccines. All right. How's it going? This is Jordan Conrads with the Gateway Pundit. I'm here with Carrie Lake. We're outside of Sky Harbor Airport for a vaccine mandate. Can you tell us about the protest? This is great. These are employees of American Airlines. Some of them brought their children out and they're protesting um, the mandates that are being forced on them to get a vaccine. Many of these people here don't want their bosses telling them what they need to do medically, whether it be anything medically. You know, they don't want to get a vaccine. They should have the option. Last I heard, we're still a free country. And when you see what's happening, sometimes you worry that we're losing those freedoms. And we, we certainly are. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I want to drill in on something real quick um, because of a story <laughs> I heard the other day. Um, if you listen closely to what she was saying, she's not coming out truly as anti-vax she was like it's more it's like this pro-choice argument uh i'm not anti-vax 
I just think my boss shouldn't be involved in my medical decisions. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's really what's driving this. Like these people aren't against vaccination. They just don't want to be told what to do, which is very interesting because it'll be the first people <laughs> to tell people, why don't you just listen to authority and comply and blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just very interesting that, you know, that's the, the twist they're trying to make in order to get people behind them. I mean, it, it, you know, it's a selective kind of tyranny, sort of speak. It's like, it's like authoritarianism is good until as long as it's the type of authoritarianism that favors me. And another word for that could be fascism, depending on where you're going with that, you know, but. Yeah, Jay, uh, what you said reminded me of Hobby Lobby. That, um how they basically carved out of the Affordable Care Act religious religious exemption um, to provide uh, birth controls to their employees. So that's good, you know, but mandated vaccine is bad because uh-huh. pregnancy is not contagious and this <laughs> virus is very contagious, especially with all the new variants. Yeah, yeah. I, I should probably point out who was uh, protesting you know, just to reiterate the fact that the people protesting work for American Airlines, you know, so just 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 keep that one in mind. And, you know, you, as you guys have pointed out, Carrie has hitched her wagon to not necessarily vaccine, you know, being anti-vax, as you pointed out, Jay, but it's like vaccine refusal if it's in the or refusal of mandates in the name of liberty, you know, which logically makes no sense. Unless, like y'all are saying, unless you're implying that people should not be coerced into behaving a certain way out of fear that they may suffer consequences. Because if that's your position, that means that you're anti-police. You see? That's the point I was that, trying to make. <laughs> yeah, right? That's, that's, that's what law is. That's what law enforcement mm-hmm. is. It's you obey the rules under coercion of fear of consequence. I mean, effectively, it'd be nice if we all just believe that we should not hurt each other. But I mean, let's not kid ourselves at this what point. What are you, a you communist? <laughs> Apparently. Uh, yeah. And on Carrie's website, she makes it clear that she backs the blue. That's even one of the subheadings on her issues page, by the way, back the blue. So that's fun. Um, You know, and I know that we know that there's a long history of vaccine uh, mandates in the United States and for good reason. Right. Um, like, you know, I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I've, I haven't really been concerned that I was going to catch that polio. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tripping off that. Uh, but just to cover our bases, uh, I just want to refer to a Pew research article that was published on October 8th of this year. All right. So the article uh, was written by Drew DeSilver, and it briefly outlines the history of modern vaccination requirements. All right. I'll link it in the show notes. But most important thing to me was DeSilver points out that the CDC has maintained recommendations for vaccinating children. Uh, against 16 diseases in particular. This is from DeSilver. Quote, of the 16 immunizations of the, uh, the CDC recommends for children and teens, all 50 states plus the District of Columbia mandate diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, whooping cough, polio, measles, rubella, and chickenpox. In addition, every state except Iowa mandates immunization against mumps. Um, parentheses, the diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis vaccines usually are given as a single combined shot, as are the measles, mumps, and 
and rubella vaccines known as MMR. Uh, except for the chickenpox vaccine, which became available in the United States in 95, all of those vaccines have been around for 50 years or more. So not new, not at all, but it's a wedge issue now. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, um, Jay, how like, you know, some, there's, there's been a link between, um, like some supposedly some elements of like the black lives matter movement, or at least a fringe movement thereof. And like the idea of rejecting vaccines, which is kind of weird to me. I don't fully understand it myself. So without getting too deep into it, that's just generational trauma. So the government has been known to experiment on communities of color. And so because of that, communities of color generally don't trust anything free that comes from the government. We're like, mm, I don't trust it. <laughs> So when they want to test medicine or like, oh, there's this free, um, you know, medical device that uh, we want to try out and it's going to target certain communities. It, it just it hasn't worked out too well for us in the past. And so there's a lot of built in hesitancy uh, because of that. That's fucked up and honestly more than fair now that you put it that way. Mm -hmm. Totally understandable. Uh, yeah. And that was a very high level. Like, if you actually go look it up, you'll be angry. Yeah, I think of um, diseased blankets. That was, like, the first. Um, and then I also think of um, there were organizations that tested birth control pills on Puerto Rican women. They were actually the first in the 50s to be um, in trials for human birth control, and they did not know what they were taking. Lovely. Lovely. That's and those wow. are just that's, two examples. <laughs> that's fucked up. I'm sure there's there's many more. Um, yeah, God, that is that's fucking sinister. That anti-vaxxers use that type of shit as a wedge issue, man. That it's you know what that makes me think of that 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 makes me think of last week, Jay, when we were talking about uh, Mastriano and his thing about like you know using. Um, um, black people and brown people as a prop, you know, in his anti-abortion stance, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's, it's more the same thing. Like you don't hear shit about that unless it's something useful to their agenda, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, no one ever digs in to the reason is why they're just like, Oh, look them too. And there can be multiple reasons as to why people are hesitant. That's fair. More than fucking fair. Well, I mean, so in Carrie's case, she definitely doesn't, you know, dig in on anything like that. She's just like, oh, personal freedom. And the interview moves on. And the interviewer is not even pretending to represent, you know, a neutral fact-finding stance, right? As he asks Lake a, a leading question, right? Um, then again, you know, Lake eagerly offers the correct far-right answer anyway. What, 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 what do you see it as the role of Tug Ducey um, in this infringement on Arizona's rights? I frankly think Doug Ducey should be out here today. Why is he not out here? The only good excuse would be if he's down at the Capitol calling back our legislators to pass some laws to end this tyranny on us. We shouldn't have businesses, private businesses, public businesses, anybody telling us what to do medically. We demand our medical freedom and we demand our medical privacy. And we need our governor right now to step in and help these um, Arizona families. These men and women here are facing the real threat of losing their job if they don't get the vaccine. And that's 
put food on the table and they need our lawmakers to step in and do the right thing. Speaking of putting food on the table, in case you're wondering, uh, income inequality is nowhere on Carrie Lake's issues page, just as first of all. I also want to know how you put food on the table with crippling medical debt or if you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, I would like the freedom not to die. Right, right. Well, and then she, Carrie, I'm going to be Carrie Lake. Well, then you have the freedom to choose as a consumer a different airline that forces these tyrannical vaccinations. You're right. They're going to get my money. <laughs> Free market. Yeah. Um, speaking of Carrie's issues page on her campaign website, there's a heading which reads pro-life. And underneath it reads, quote, I am pro-life. Always have been and always will be. So... Yeah, that's that's what she thinks about um, right to choose pro life anti vaccine. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or or at least at least deniably not officially anti vaccine, as you pointed out, Jay. Mm-hmm. But you know, she knows the talking points. So she's got she's got somebody writing these these talking points for her. Absolutely. Well, it's like you guys have discussed in previous episodes. Pro-choice or pro-life um, really means pro-birth, right? Right, Jay. You you talked about that. Yeah. You know? It it's like as soon as you're born, it's like you know, fuck your social services, <laughs> fuck your. You fuck have your to be born with bootstraps. I think is the joke I made. <laughs> oh my god, PC Pod baby bootstraps coming to our future <laughs> website. I think we. I think we bootstrap keychains, baby bootstrap keychains. There we go. Now, yes. So. I'm black. Can someone explain to me what bootstraps even are? Like, I I literally don't know what they are. Is it the I've, shoelaces? I, like, I I've never grabbed a bootstrap uh, myself. Um, is I'm it the thing sure that helps the, you get the shoe onto your foot, like the little loop? Yeah, it's like on the back of the boot. Right? Oh, Anna, okay. Are you do some, you, Anna, are you gonna do some live uh, googling on I this one? I am googling. All right. So I say it's the little thing on the back of the boot. The, the thing that, some boots you are have correct. Nice. Oh, you are correct. They are the little the little tab at the back of your boot. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just love how when you point out that the writer was talking about was writing about that, you know, um, ironically, as in it's impossible to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's literally you know, impossible. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's why they wrote it you know you you get shouted down it's like man you're missing the point no i think you're missing the point but let's move on okay yeah modest proposal you kind of missed the point (laughs) yeah right and you know to be fair you know um swift was no fan of the irish but in that particular sense he wasn't being literal but anyways yeah oh also uh getting back to the point that the protest that carrie lake is at is for airline employees okay so an airplane in flight is basically an airtight tube now i'm not an epidemiologist but i gotta figure that you want to avoid prolonged exposure to unvaccinated people in an airtight space for multiple hours at a time right i mean jets are basically the reason this turned into a global pandemic so quickly right if if you've ever been on an airplane people want that with or without a pandemic True. People will knock you over to get off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> they do not want to be love, in that cramped up space. I love like one hour flights. Those are delightful. But when you get like three plus, I'm like, I'm going to I'm going to lose my mind. I, I hate it here. I, I will tell you, I briefly worked for an airline, not on not as a 
in flight, but as ground crew. And when we used to greet the flights and that door open, it seriously was like compressed asshole. That was the smell. And I, I, and, and that's in the best of times. I can't picture, you know, also thinking like I'm breathing recycled COVID air, you know, it, it makes no sense, but you know, you, it, it doesn't matter. Lake doesn't have to make sense, right? Because she has layers and to show she has layers, Lake bites on a question about election fraud next. That's right. Governor Ducey needs to call a special session to address the election and medical tyranny. Am I right? I agree. Bring in the special session, call the special special session, deal with the mandates and then decertify the election. That's right. Hell yeah. Decertify that election. Uh, so I'm I'm very confused at this point in time. We we've already sworn in a new president. What does it mean if we decertify on a, the election tomorrow? I just I just want to know what happens next. So so the short answer, like if you're asking literally, um, the short answer is nobody could answer that because that's literally unprecedented. There's nothing. I look. I, I maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but as far as I know, there's nothing in precedent. One, because it's never happened before, because it's fucking ludicrous. And two, and let's say it did come out that there was fraud tomorrow. I mean, that's a great question. What the hell do you do? Because he was already sworn in. Like you, you, you take it back. What happens to all the legislation and all the orders that have passed since then? You know what I mean? And again, I think this is another thing where it's like they don't really think it can happen, but it's a great talking point. It gets those it gets those donations in. Hey. Gets the people riled up. Yeah, it does. Biden never said no backsies. <laughs> That's true. That, that Trump shit's never, in the Constitution. It, it is. Look it up. Okay. Also, Trump never actually... Uh, uh, bleh, bleh, sorry. He never um, said that he lost, you know? So maybe maybe that's the I don't know, maybe that's the Trump card. I, I think since I can't remember when, but he did say that he lost and it, they tried to make it a big deal in the news. Um, oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, OK. He actually has said it. Um, but almost like when he said that people should get vaccines, the crowd pretty much just booted him and then he immediately changed the subject and everyone <laughs> forgot. Yeah, I think this was a couple uh, yeah. months ago, right? Well, I know the booing for the vaccine part was recent. I didn't know about the he, him saying he lost and getting booed. I will definitely check that out and turn that into my new ringtone. <laughs> so the interviewer, he tries to end it, right? But Lake interrupts and starts waxing romantic about patriots and putting uh, ends up putting herself in an awkward spot. Okay, so here's the first part. I'm so inspired by these people. They're standing out here on the corner in their free time. They're asking people to support them. I'm, I'm sensing that the spirit of our founding fathers is alive and well in this country. And I'm so proud of each and every one of these people, some of them bringing their kids out to fight for what makes America special. We can't lose this country. We can't lose our freedoms. We are the last bastion of freedom on the planet. And it's so important that we all rise up, come together as Americans, and save this country. The last bastion of freedom on this planet. There's that martyrdom again we were talking about. <laughs> oh, see what I what caught my attention was these people, unvaccinated people, are bringing their kids around unvaccinated people. Goddamn right they are. I'm like, it's, all right, it's not like that's an interesting parental choice. 
I, I mean, it's not like kids are super vectors of disease or anything. It's not like they, you know, put their little dirty hands and faces on everything, right? It's not like flu happens every goddamn year in school like clockwork, you know? Have you not heard Those of aren't... natural immunity? <laughs> which which is better than vaccines because vaccines actually cause you to shed covid and, oh, don't and even, make it don't even say it deadlier. out loud <laughs> I, I can't i can't do it <laughs> i'd rather hear yeah, more of carrie lake <laughs> fine fine so like I, all right i got you i got you covered don't worry so 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 right so carrie you know compares this measly demonstration to the spirit of the founding fathers. Uh, as I said, she put herself in kind of a spot here, right? Cause she calls on, on, um, all Americans to, you know, to, to rise up and save the country, so to speak. Right. So this comment leads to a follow-up question that takes Carrie in a place that she definitely doesn't want to go and certainly doesn't want to answer. So she very carefully doesn't answer this. What do we do if if they don't decertify the election or open a criminal investigation to hold those accountable? I'm really hoping that our attorney general does the right thing. Um, there's, there's mountains of evidence, even though the uh, corporate media says there's none. There's a lot of evidence. We need people to have the patience and uh, ability to have critical thought in looking at this evidence. But just to say there's no evidence when you haven't even really sifted through it and sorted through, uh, through it is, uh, is malpractice on the part of journalism, uh, the folks in journalism. We need to sift through this information. Once you look at it, you'll see how much corruption there was in our election. And we, we won't have a country if we don't get our elections sorted out. So thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Ms. Like. So she So she ended that quickly, and that was a non-answer. You guys, but do, you, do we recall what the question was? Honestly, on, no. What, what, I got very distracted what, yeah. by the honking in the background. Okay, <laughs> one, one, one more time. This was the question. What do we do if if they don't decertify the election or open a criminal investigation to hold those accountable? Okay. So, and we remember her answer, which was basically just dancing around and talking about, oh, well, you know, there's, I hope everyone does the right thing. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's a reason for that, because if you were to believe everything, well, okay, I mean, Anna, based on everything that Carrie Lake's saying, everything that you, the impression that you have her, from her so far, right? You're Carrie Lake. Um, wh- what do we do if they don't decertify this election after we're, you're saying that, you know, there's corruption in the government and it was an illegal election, you know, and if they don't decertify and we're left with someone who's a false president, what do we do if all um, legal means fail, which is basically the question. I didn't hear a word you said because you called me Carrie Lake. No, I said pretend you're Carrie Lake. And then I I just went, I just went, I just shut down. I just shut down and there was just a wall of words coming at me. Oh, jeez. So she's actually Carrie Lake. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good impression. Good impression. (laughs) So, um, like, obviously she doesn't want to advocate for violence because that can get you in a world of hurt. And you can't necessarily say anything false because you can get sued. (laughs) And she doesn't want to lose the base either. So, I mean, she can't outright say, I don't want people to physically rise up a la January 6th either, you know? 
So she she kind of walks herself into that question where, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, stochastic terrorism, and, and this is what I'm talking about. Like, you, she won't outright say, don't hurt people, but she's not going to put herself on, she's not an idiot. She's not going to put herself on the line where she can actually be criminally indicted either, you know? You know, the funny thing is, she can still say all her crazy points and still say don't hurt people like there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> and it's just weird to me that they don't do it that'll that, that will i really think that that somebody who who has like a fucking bachelor's in poli sci uh, talk to somebody who has like a master's in like some in in mathematics and science and so, something so, smart people told her don't condemn violence because that'll lose you votes i i actually believe this flat out you know which makes them like far more evil because they know the science behind hate Mm -hmm. and that's the business they're in which is fine people on both sides yeah both sides both sides yeah yeah i would not be surprised if you were correct yeah anyways so you know uh, yeah and and just to just to recap remind everyone you know why you don't want to engage in that type of rhetoric does everybody remember this little ditty from last week Yeah, yeah. For those of you who didn't catch last week's episode, that's the sound of people who were storming the fucking Capitol. So, because they thought that Donald Trump wanted them to, or something. I don't know. The treason know chant was doing. much more catchy. Right? I think the other yeah, one needs d- a little bit of work. Well, I was saying last week, it's like somebody read it on a meme and decided to say it out loud and it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. I get that. So, mm. anyways, yeah. It's amazing how quickly some people forget that this type of rhetoric uh, that Lake spews on the internet led to a literal insurrection attempt. Um, but yeah, so she's she's somehow the GOP frontrunner. Don't get it. Um, anyway, speaking of rhetoric about election fraud and rising people rising up and patriots and that kind of thing, you know, we cannot end our quick look at the Arizona candidates without mentioning motherfucking Mark Fincham. Um, I know I've talked about him briefly before. Do, do either of you recall Mark Fincham? It's okay if you don't. He's very forgettable. No. Uh, as I say, I try to keep these people. They don't take up space in my head outside of I envy you. conversations that I have because that you. that's really where their power is. Like if they can maintain a position in people's head, then then they gives them power and we talk about them on the news and I just, they're, they're nothing to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with Jelani, except my reasoning is more like there's just too many of them to keep in your head. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fly forth. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that's fair. I, I envy you both. My, my hobby and part of my sort of inspiration for doing this little creative outlet is because I just, I can't help myself. You know, it, it's like, it's like watching a slow, like a hundred, you know, people who ghoulishly watch videos of like hundred car pileups, you know, in the snow and stuff like that. I mean, people do that. I don't do that, but 
to me, this is my hundred car pileup. I watch these people slowly erode democracy. And, and, you know, and granted, American democracy was pretty fucked up before Trump ever got on the scene. But now it's just so obvious. It's just I, I, I can't look away. Um, and Mark Fincham, he's one of those, you know, burning trash piles that just draws me like a moth to the flame. Um, he is an Arizona state representative, and he's actually one of the leading voter fraud conspiracy theorist um, sort of propagandists in that state. Um, he's also running for secretary of state in Arizona, which would put him in charge of elections. So that's fun. Um, Fincham was also, <laughs> uh, most recently was at an event in Las Vegas. It was called the God and country Patriot double down. Cause you know, they're in Vegas and blackjack and God. There's nothing holier than sin city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that's a thing that happened. It was like a three-day event this past weekend. Uh, Rachel Ham was also there, the uh, the woman who's trying to run for Secretary of State in the California, actually. But she's getting like zero traction, thankfully. So Fincham was at the Patriot Double Down. Um, and huge hat tip, by the way, to the Arizona Right Wing Watch for posting segments of that multi-day event. Uh, that event is being described by many as basically a QAnon convention. Uh, Rachel Ham was also there, um, and like I said, and she believes that God wants her to run for office, I think, or some shit, you know, kind of like uh, Michelle Bachman. And our, our good friend. Is it what? Oh, no, I was just talking about uh, Mr. Watkins. Oh, yes, he, he was there as well. That's Yeah, that's where I, I pulled it. Oh, Crap. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pull an audible on this one. Hold on a second. I, cause I forgot to pull something up. Oh, well, if you want something to talk about, so I don't want to do, <laughs> I don't want false. I don't want fake news on this podcast. So remember how I was talking about earlier about how Mike Pence was broke. Uh huh. I was, it, I was correct, but I was wrong about the timeline. So this is a, an article from, um, the Washington Post from July of 2016. It was, um, he was uh, challenging a Democratic congressman in Indiana and campaign, okay, I'm quoting now, campaign finance records from the 1990 effort showed that Pence, then 31, had been using political donations to pay the mortgage on his house, his personal credit card bill, groceries, golf tournament fees, and car payments for his wife. Ooh, that sounds oh so uh, familiar. And Ooh. ultimately, I guess because he kind of painted his challenger as, you know, like corrupt, that basically cost him his election when that came out. So I will send the article to you, Matt, and you can put it in the show notes so other people can take care of it. But like I said, I don't want to peddle fake news. So that that's where I got it. I just didn't. I was incorrect about um, the time. You you should have done what a patriot does and just double down on the on the honest mistake and just pretend like it was what you meant in the, the <laughs> whole well, time. Apparently, yeah. I'm not a patriot, so no, no, I, you're I not. still so you're much not. to learn. Anna, no, why do you, you hate America? Give... <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Weirdly, you know, that's not the don't... first time I've been asked that. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Oh, and with that, I found it. So speaking of Ron Watkins at the God and Country um, Double Down, thank you, Jay, for reminding me. I forgot to put this one in the lineup. This is with no context at all. This is Ron Watkins talking about how comparing himself to a certain historical figure to emphasize how important he is to the movement. So just I, without further ado, Ron Watkins exploiting people. So what, what you have to know is that we are living now through a modern digital civil rights movement. And you could call me the new Rosa Parks because <laughs> Fuck, I thought he was going to say JFK. Damn I've been it. out there. Oh. I've been getting canceled left and right over the past few years. I've been on the front lines fighting so you guys can have a voice and And you might say, oh, why? Why is Ron the new digital Rosa Parks? Well, <laughs> I want to get on the bus. I want to get on the Twitter bus. I want to get on the Google bus. I want to get on the Facebook bus. I want to get on the Chase Bank bus. We have all been kicked off the bus. Uh, yeah, the, I... I <laughs> first of all Jay what do you got I just enjoy the mild applause <laughs> it, <laughs> like, <laughs> people were like yeah first of all I feel like that crowd also doesn't know what exactly went on this whole Rosa Parks situation um, and yeah, it's, once again, it's that martyrdom. He wants to be a martyr, uh, and he's trying to call himself a martyr, and he's obviously not a martyr. And he's getting he's getting it all wrong in terms of even what martyrdom is. <laughs> like, begging to get on the bus is not being a martyr. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I totally thought he was going to say MLK. I did not see Rosa Parks coming. <laughs> <laughs> I totally thought he was going to say MLK. Well, that's who they that's who people usually like to exploit the memory of and misrepresent. Well, I should say that's who white people and white supremacist allies, if there is such a thing, like to invoke, you know, the the myth of of Martin Luther King Jr. and completely whitewashing his rhetoric which is arguably socialist, you know, not 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 as a criticism, but just a statement of fact, you know. Uh but yeah, yeah, that's just, I forgot, I can't believe I forgot to put that one in there. Yeah, Ron Watkins wants you to know he's a digital Rosa Parks. He's a non-fungical uh, Rosa Parks or something. But in any case, anybody at that fucking crowd comparing themselves to Rosa Parks can fuck off, you know? So Also, there's literal Facebook and Twitter buses, so I don't know if this is still a metaphor. So I, I don't know if he's trying to tell us that he wants to get sued, you know, like Outcast. I, I don't know what he's going to do, so... Anyways, moving on. Yeah, so uh, Fincham, right? I lost my train of thought here. Yeah, Fincham. Fincham was also at the Patriot Double Down this weekend. Um, and during the event, like the, Fincham was on a lot of different panels, okay? And one of the panels he was on, uh, he feels a question from a man who's in need of support from the right kind of law enforcement. 
I'm Sean Ruiz. I'm the Net uh, Louisiana Commander for American Patriots Three Percent Group. If you didn't catch that, he said he's the commander of the Three Percenter Group in his area. After January 6th, you know they they put us out there nationwide that we're terrorists. We work with constitutional sheriffs. We do relief work. We're working. What took the week? Hold on, I I, I see some confusion here. I, I'm gonna pause it. Like they put you out there, you put yourself inside the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> There's no people aren't trying to like put a label on. No, like literally there's an insurrection you terrorize the capital like it's <laughs> it's just plain as day uh, also I, yeah. once again constitutional just sheriffs are a very small number of sheriffs uh yeah not as not as small a percentage as you as i might like but it's true and it's interesting how like in the in the rewriting of like history and patriot lore and what occurred on January 6th, you know, it's it's important that groups like three percenters make that distinction between law enforcement and law enforcement that's supportive of their cause, because the most immediate thing that people pointed out was, you know, you guys have all these blue line flags and you're back the blue and we support the cops. And then you literally try to beat some of them to death with flags, you know, uh, the second something doesn't go your way. So part of the cognitive dissonance is, oh, but they're not the right kind of law enforcement. You know, it's like, and it's like, you've sort of talked about white supremacy, how like, as it goes on, like the, the, the top, the, like what's considered white, it's like a more and more narrow, um, uh, definition once they're in power, you know, to get power, they have to create sort of like a larger definition, which is in part why Italians and Irish suddenly were considered fucking white. You know, there's a lot of socioeconomic reasons for that, but that was definitely a part of it. They needed the numbers, you know? Yeah. Oh, and, uh, and yeah. And European Jewish people do. Yeah. That's, that's a fuck. That's a fucking new one, but that depends on who you ask. I was about to, to say sure. whether or not, one person considers Jewish people white. Depends on who you ask. True. True. But but yeah. Yeah, Jay, that was one of the things that stuck out to me too. It's just like, it's like somebody else put you in the national spotlight. I, I think we're forgetting something here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I'll let him, I'll let uh, Mr. Three Percenter continue. We came off in Louisiana because it's the hurricane. How do we find these constitutional supporting sheriffs throughout the country. Move there. We're, we're a nationwide yeah, I can organization. So I can help you with that. That's Fincham saying he can help him with that. So, yeah, first of all, the three percenters. Um, offhand, uh, do, do either of you know anything specific about the three percenters? Like what they are exactly? I've seen the t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool looking t-shirt. I'll give them that. You know, <laughs> I, when, you know, when I first saw that, I thought that it was people who were really into the third amendment. So it's like, so you really don't want British soldiers in your house. Okay. <laughs> we'll Got save it. soldiers, it, but not the British soldiers. <laughs> Anna, do you know anything specifically about the three percenters? Um, it's from that belief that Three percent of Americans fought in the Revolutionary War. Very good. Yes. Uh, yes. That is. That's the. That's the myth uh, that their name is built on. It's also widely debunked. It's total bullshit. So what? 
Uh, maybe I just need to let you continue. But yeah, three percent. Oh no, what's up? But yeah, okay, three yeah. percent of Americans fought in the Revolutionary War. Okay, like, what's your point? What, so, so <laughs> well, the the implication is they will be the three percent of the next American Revolution, as in a civil war, is how I read it. Oh, they're not good at math. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> because three percent of this country is not gonna gonna beat. <laughs> Ninety-seven percent, one hundred fifty million. No. I mean, it, it's not even that. It, it would take it. Look, here's the deal. It takes one. It takes two human beings to fly a Reaper drone. A Reaper drone has eight Hellfire missiles. So I, it, I'm oh, just saying. Don't, don't even get me started. So uh, I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast, but I I did used to work for the army in in the simulation field um while i won't go into the specifics that i what i work on i always marvel over people who like make such a big deal about having their handguns or their rifles or whatever (laughs) if you knew the type of technology that the military had like you're 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 like you see what happens overseas with people who have handguns mm-hmm. and, and yep. rifles. Like, wh- what are you talking about? You're not going to do anything. Well, Matt, uh, you've seen firsthand. Well, I mean, yeah, and it, it, here's it, the reality of the situation is this: without going too deep down the rabbit hole, I mean, Jay, you're absolutely right. If there's a way to fight the United States, and I don't want to go too into this, but basically, if there's a way to fight the United States, it ain't using guns. Okay. It the reality is it's using ingenuity, it's using guerrilla tactics, it's using improvised uh devices, and it's using like hit and run. The idea is you just like they did in Afghanistan, just like they did in Iraq, because that's what was available to them, they create like an improvised device, they bury it in the middle of the night, and they walk the fuck away. You know? I'm not commenting on the morality of that, but that's you know what I mean? Like but low there, tech there's also a is really key, the only way to do it. There's a very key difference in that America doesn't know the streets, the mountains, the 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 woods of Afghanistan. They have to learn it. We know the, true, the streets, true. the mountains, the woods of America, and that that is a good point. Like, actually, there there is nowhere for you to hide. But like you said, we're we're digging too deep. Um, we are. We are. That. Um, um, for those of you who are not a fan of Robert Evans yet, check out his podcast. It could happen here. Season one. He actually outlines this very scenario, uh, quite well. So, uh, definitely check that out. Um, but yeah, the, the three percenters specifically are a far right American and Canadian, by the way, anti-government group. Um, the militia types. Uh, a handful of them have been indicted so far for participation in the January 6th insurrection. I think uh, four at least are self-described as related and two more are adjacently related. Um, the national office or governing body, whatever they want to call themselves, they supposedly dissolved soon after the insurrection in response to the violence, which they officially condemned. Okay. But... I, I, I got to believe that's all bullshit, personally. Yeah, I don't um, trust it. But in any case, I have to believe that Fincham, as tied in as he is with, like, constitutional sheriffs and militia types, he's got to be aware of that. He has to at least be aware that that group has been accused of involvement, right? Or, you know, he ought to. Uh, 
So, with that assumption in mind, how does uh, Fincham respond when asked for support from one of these three percenter guys? Um, Richie Mack, Sheriff Richard Mack. Yeah. Constitution Sheriff and Police Association, CSPOA.org. Look for Sheriff Richie Mack, R-I-C-H-I-E-M-A-C, Richard Mack, M-A-C-K. He is a constitutional sheriff out of Arizona, and he is the guy who beat the federal government in court when they tried to enforce the Brady Law. He is the guy behind the anti-commandeering clause and the strength that it brought up. A lesser magistrate who took on the federal government and won. Once again, you have that power. Now, about January 6th, yeah, they are terrified of you. They, the Marxists, who have, have basically attempted a coup of the people. They are terrified of you. Why? Because you're not sitting down and shutting up. That's the number one thing you can do to make sure that your voice is continuously heard. CSPOA, look it up. So you'll be able to find some help. Thank you. So, yeah, Jay, you've mentioned this. What do you do to your enemy? Accuse them of doing the thing that you do, you know? Yeah, they're like, I'm like, who who did the coup again? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Always be cooing, you know? ABC. I, always be cooing. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I, 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 yeah, I'm pretty sure I borrowed that from somewhere on the internet. I, I Whoever that is, fucking credit to you. The, but, the yeah. ABC thing? Yeah, yeah. I, it's I heard from that a one movie somewhere. with uh, our good friend uh, Stephen Baldwin. Wait, not Stephen. Uh, no, no, Alec Baldwin. You're thinking yeah, of Always Alec. Be Closing. Always Be yeah, Closing. Uh, yeah, Glenn, Ga- Glenn Gary, uh, Glenn, Glenn, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the internet uh, has meme- memefied that. Oh, yeah. Probably <laughs> one of his one of his best, best roles. And it was only for like nine minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So not frightening at all, you know? Um, and the constitutional sheriff movement, uh, Anna, you kind of touched on. They're, they're a small group, but they are formidable in the far-right sort of political sphere. Uh, the movement started to become visible around 2009. Uh, Jay, are you familiar with the, the concept of the, the quote-unquote constitutional sheriff? Have we talked about this at all? We haven't talked about it. I've heard the term before. And once again, it's one of those things I probably just read and rolled my eyes at, maybe did a deep dive and then didn't let it take up space in my head. <laughs> fair fair enough. I fair support enough. this. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Well, the uh, SPLC actually wrote about Richard Mack in 2018. They did a couple of interviews with him, right? Um, the Anti-Defamation League also has a page dedicated to the constitutional sheriff movement. Um, But as for the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, as for their 2018 interview, um, Richard Mack, who uh, Fincham apparently looks up to, compared the words of students who survived the Parkland massacre to the rhetoric of Hitler and Stalin because they wanted gun control. And, uh, um, like sort of the keystone of, of the, uh, pro gun movement in America is anytime somebody talks about regulating guns, accuse them of being Hitler or Stalin, because I guess, uh, you know, authoritarian strongmen seize firearms before they take power or something. So yeah, that's a thing. Uh, that's all you need to know about Richard Mack. He fucking sucks. Did he, did you look up that him versus 
the federal government on the Brady case? Did you look that up at all? I, I, so I did, I did. Um, he, so basically what he did was him and another, uh, police chief or sheriff or somebody, they basically challenged the federal government saying, challenging a a certain part of the Brady bill that required, uh, local, um, like chief, uh, law enforcement officers, like police chiefs and sheriffs to enforce, um, a, a background check for handguns. Okay. And what they challenged was, you know, you can't make us do this while you're coming up with the federal law. So it was like an interim sort of part of the Brady bill and the Supreme court five, four sided with them saying you can't make, um, local chief law enforcement officers enforce that provision of the bill, which was only supposed to be temporary in the first place. Remind um, me what the Brady is like. I, it, for some reason, like I know what it is, but I forgot. It, uh, if memory serves, it was a it was a sweeping uh, change in in gun laws that occurred in the early '90s, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're doing this live. That's not three strikes uh, Brady, out, is it? No, no, hell no. Okay, so the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act, um, enacted in 1993. Um, basically an act of United States Congress that mandated federal background checks on firearm purchasers in the United States and imposed a five day waiting period on purchases until the, um, national instant criminal background check system was implemented in 98. So I'm guessing that's what Richard Mack challenged and one was that part that said you had to do background checks until that new system was implemented. So, I mean, good for him, I guess, big fucking whoop don't care so this is what like the gun show loophole is from like a loophole don't know about in, that. in the in brady no I, th- I i don't think so i think this was specifically like challenging a provision in the law that said that local um police chiefs and sheriffs had to conduct oh um, yeah no i understand checks. that i'm talking about like these days like the gun show loophole it's it's sort of like a result of brady like to get around Brady? Uh, you know, you, you you got me there. I'm, I'm not 100% on that one. Uh, once again, we should probably look it up, do it live. But I believe <laughs> the gun show loophole stems from the fact that, uh, like a lot of these laws are written for businesses. And at the gun shows, a lot of times it's individuals selling their guns. And those same laws don't apply to individuals, like for background checks and all that stuff. So when I've, if I'm just setting up a tent and selling my guns, then I don't have to do a background check because I'm just a private citizen uh, selling my property. Giolani, thank you for that clarification because that makes a lot of sense. Like if Brady applies to businesses, that's where the loophole would be from because it doesn't apply to individuals. Okay, I, I understand that now. Thank you. We're problem solvers. We do this shit live. So yeah, that's Fincham. Fincham looks up to guys like Richard Mack and likes to give advice to uh, three percenters. And he wants to be in charge of the elections in the state of Arizona. Um, Yeah. So one last thing with Fincham, okay, in case this wasn't clear, right, is that he is a huge Trump guy. um, And if that wasn't obvious, and this last clip is him again at the double down. Um, going off on a tangent in order to kiss Trump's ass and uh, again reinforce the idea that some sinister existential threats are working against us. And by us, he means Q people. Jim, I would, I would, add, I would add that perhaps the greatest gift that Donald Trump gave us was not four years of prosperity, four years of operational control over our border, 
our border is collapsing right now, whether you know it or not. I've been working that now with Leo and, and with Sonny for the last five weeks. It is in the process of collapsing. But perhaps the greatest gift that Donald Trump gave us was not his administration. It was the fact that he pulled the curtain back on the fraud and the corruption and the outright rot self-dealing in Washington, D.C., and frankly, within many state governments. You look at Pennsylvania, you look at California, Washington State, Oregon State, Illinois, all of the states controlled by Democrat machines. These people have usurped the authority of the people for their own devices. And I'm so thankful to President Trump uh, for, for pulling that curtain back and revealing the fraud. Yeah, yeah, revealing the fraud. Prosperity needs a citation. We got a little fear politics in there too with the, the, the border is imminently collapsing. Yes, it's always in the process of doing the thing that is, you know, that is a threat to all of us. And by us, he means anyone he identifies with. And you can make of that what you will. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mark Fincham. And, you, you know, you can hear from from his rhetoric. He borrows from a lot of sovereign citizen kind of uh, uh, language, you know, this idea that like, you know, like because you know, I didn't mention this earlier, like the constitutional sheriff movement is it's the idea that the sheriffs are the highest power in the land. They supersede the federal government, the state government. And they can, you know, they can choose to whether or not they allow federal um, troops and federal or federal agents into their counties, which is demonstrably not true. You know, it's it's flat out not, you know, Um, I, I mean, I don't even want to go into all the details of one of the reasons why, like a lot of federal authorities exist in various states is because all those states receive a shitload of federal money, you know, and a lot of things are contingent on that one of them being among other things is allowing you know officially or unofficially federal agents to set up shop in the various states you know that that is a part of it never mind the fact that you know feds supersede the states in various ways so it's just i don't i i don't know how they this got started i don't know how they keep selling people but i do know this speaking of richard mack by the way um he was recently approved um, in Texas and one other state, um, for reimbursement for his training. Cause what he does is for like X amount of dollars, he will train, um, presumably law enforcement into uh, constitutional sheriffness or something. I don't know. But what I do know is that because he was, his courses were officially approved for a type of reimbursement in the state of Texas, as a Texas lawman, you could go to one of his courses and the taxpayer would fit the bill. It's funny how these people want to be in the government and talk so much shit about the government, um, but they <laughs> grift it and, you know, talk shit about it, <laughs> but they, they want to be in it. They want to be your governor. Your secretary of state, your, your representative, of state, something. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, Anna, you and I were talking about this recently, like a part of what this is, at least I think, really goes to desperation. Like as long as people are struggling, as long as there's X amount of poverty, as long as there's X amount of needs that are not being met, you can always scapegoat, you know, half the population or whatever percentage of the population, you know, so that the other half won't realize it's you who's fucking them over. You know? Yeah, it's really difficult to be angry when you have UBI, universal health care and child care. 
it's it's just really mad it's just really difficult to be mad about that yep 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 it's okay though um so yeah how do we like uh arizona's chances for um democracy surviving i mean uh i i think we just have to wait uh i've said this before when it comes to elections 13 months out these days doesn't mean much because people have a very short memory and so uh, I say we revisit it six months out and see if uh, Miss Carrie Lake is still at the top of the polls and gaining ground. I my 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 gut tells me unless a big scandal comes out, she's going to get the GOP nomination. That's what my gut tells me. Well, I mean, they did go to Biden, you know, this last go round. So, oh no, I'm not saying she'll win the general. I'm saying she'll win the GOP nomination. <laughs> no, no, I understand that. I'm saying, um, you're saying about Arizona's chances. Oh, yeah, oh, so oh, I was yes, talking about yes. the state. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how likely it is that any of the people we just talked about will actually be elected, but the fact that a significant number of people think that they are viable choices is frightening. You know, and it's part of a bigger trend. And even as, you know, Anna, you point out, even though Trump's picks usually lose that, I mean, they still make a lot of money and they draw a lot of a lot of um, airtime. And to follow on to that, Jay, what you pointed out is it's concerning about what happens when these people continue to lose, you know, then what? I And I want to flip that a little, too, and and show that it's actually relatively easy <laughs> to start running. Um, and so if you do have ideas that are maybe a little more uh, in the middle ground and neutral and you're more open-minded than these people are, then I highly encourage you to run uh, and try and balance out some of the, the crazy that is trying to ease their way into control over, <laughs> over the population. <laughs> Oh, fair that enough. is true. Fair enough. <laughs> it, yeah. it, this has done a lot to show how easy it is to, to run for, to get in there. <laughs> it's to run for yeah, office. I mean, I'm not saying right? running is easy. I'm saying putting your name on the ballot is surprisingly easy. Well, I mean, Ron Watkins just did a selfie in front of Mark Burnovich's office. I mean, that, that was his big fucking announcement, you know? Oh, geez. Okay. Did, did we learn anything? Did, I, I don't know if I did. I, I, I know that I'm kind of afraid for the prospects of Arizona, if I'm being honest, but I'm hoping that the more people talk about it, as much as we don't like to, you know, it, we won't be caught unawares. You know what I mean? I just, I don't think that Watkins or Lake or or Fincham can generate the, uh, the hate horsepower as it is that Trump runs on. You know, I, I, I think they're all pretenders, you know, to his throne. I learned that eight coon is a real thing. Uh, honestly, if I had just seen that in passing, <laughs> I would have thought it was a joke, like a, a spoof, and wouldn't have paid any attention to it. So now I know to purposely <laughs> not pay attention to it. There you go. Yeah, there's there a lot go. of weirdness and hate on that website. Yeah, which is really its intended purpose. All right. Well, that I think I'll take us out. But before I do, uh, uh, Anna, any final thoughts on uh, on anything we've discussed or any words of wisdom to our listeners? Every once in a while, choose optimism. <laughs> For a change. 
Yeah. I generally I'm a glass half empty. Life is meaningless. We're all going to die. But I, I'm every once in a while, I like to be like, well, what if we don't? What if we don't die? It's true. I like it. 2024. Jay, you got anything for us? Uh, I just want to double down on encouraging people <laughs> to like, I mean, I know I'm sitting here from the comfort of my own home talking shit, but uh, like, yeah, if you have the time and the, and the resources, try and get out there and compete against these people. Even if you're conservative, like I'd rather see a balanced conservative out there and not people who don't believe in science. Just get out there. Yeah, how is it that Mitt Romney is the hero of the GOP? What the fuck happened? <laughs> and I would just like to point out, everyone, you just heard a patriot double down. There we go. Boom. <laughs> I can't <laughs> outdo you. that one. Thank you. Nice. Well, with that, that is our show. We will be back next week for the uh, exciting conclusion of our uh, series on Christian nationalism. Um, Again, please follow us on Twitter at Consequence Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Stop Talking Matt. Um, I think uh, Jay, Anna, you guys aren't big on the socials right now, if I got that one right. Not so much. No? I, I I need to rebrand myself. So honestly, I do have a Twitter account, but I just don't use it. So uh, I need no to, worries, no worries to revitalize it. That's okay. That's okay. Like I said, mine's mostly Corgi pictures, so it's fine. <laughs> I, I live in tw- I live in Corgi Twitter. So with that, everybody. Please keep your heads up. Keep informed on local elections in your area. If you feel that, you know, you're a viable candidate and you're not completely psychotic, by all means, you know, throw your hat in the ring. And uh, if you encounter anyone who wants to sell you on constitutional sheriffs, Ron Watkins or election fraud lies, uh, run for your goddamn life. And we will see you next time.